Father, we thank you this morning. We acknowledge your goodness, your love, and your mercy in our life. We thank you, Lord, that you never given up on us, whatever we do. Lord, you always give us the second chance to love you, to worship you, and to honor you. This morning, as we come into your presence, Father, satisfy our soul with your love. Satisfy our uh, spirit with the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord Jesus, as we listen to your word. Father, I pray that you give us a special understanding that we can apply into our life so our, our life will be blessed. In the name of Jesus, we love you and we praise you. Amen. Please be seated. So, today we start with 1 Samuel chapter 1 and 1 Samuel chapter 2 from verse 1 to 10. So, I invite you all to open your Bible because I'm not going to uh, read verse to verse. So, please open your Bible or your iPhone. Look at 1 Samuel chapter 1. So, Last week, we learned about the leadership crisis in Israel. Judges 21, verse 25. And there was no established uh, political authority in Israel. Israel was a lawless land. Everyone did what was right in his own eyes. So for 200 years, they had experienced instability, and insecurity uh, as a nation. So the story of First Samuel takes place during the time of the judges. When the nation in chaos, in First Samuel chapter 1, we are introduced to a man, an important man, a man from a village that's called Elkanah. So Elkanah was introduced with a long genealogy in 1 Samuel chapter 1. It sounds like the introduction of a king in the Old Testament. It is as if we are led to expect this to be the story of King Elkanah. But when we read the story further, it become clear. It is not, Elkanah is not the king. So then our attention drawn to a sad circumstances of a childless woman in Israel, Hannah. Hannah was Elkanah's first wife. What have, then our question is, what have Hannah to do with the, uh, with the leadership crisis in Israel? For Samuel chapter 1 is about the birth of Samuel, who is the child that Hannah asked for from God. And we will see in First Samuel chapter 1, we will see that we worship the God who cares. From First Samuel chapter 1 
to first one to twenty-eight, and First Samuel chapter two, first one to ten, we look at three important person in uh, in this story. The first one, the first character or the first person, it is Elkanah. Elkanah had two wives. Elkanah, uh, Hannah was the first wife, and Hannah had no child. And Penina, the second wife, had children. At that time, polygamy was accepted and legal in Israel. And it seemed infertility was the reason for Elkanah to take his second wife, Penina. Now we read 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 3. Now this man used to go up year by year from his city to worship and to sacrifice to the Lord horse at Shiloh, where the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, were priests of the Lord. Shiloh is located 24 kilometers from Ramah, where uh, Elkanah lived. And every year, Elkanah would bring his family, his two wives and his children, go to Shiloh to worship God and bring sacrifice to God. Elkanah was a man of faith. Verse 5. But to Hannah, he gave a double portion. Elkanah, that he gave uh, Hannah double portion because he loved her. Though the Lord had closed her womb. In ESV, it says, Double portion, but in another translation, God uh, Elkanah gave Hannah one portion. So I don't know which one is right, but the Bible say Elkanah loved Hannah, and even though he did not understand why would Hannah in great sorrow or in suffering. So we learn from Elkanah that God is sovereign over everything that happened in our life. Because when, El, when Elkanah knew that God had closed Hannah's womb, he did not blame Hannah or express resentment to Hannah, but he loved Hannah. So if as believer we would recognize or believe that God's hand is behind all of our circumstances, it will change our behavior. We won't be angry or bitter or blame someone or blame God. So this we can learn from Elkanah. Now the second important person, Hannah and her suffering. So at that time, fertility was associated with God's blessing. And infertility was understood as divine curse. So now we can imagine how suffered Hannah at that time. And uh, children were necessary as hairs or labor for agricultural uh, duties at that time. Now we read at 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 6 to 7. And her rival used to provoke her grievously to irritate her because the Lord had closed her womb. So it went on year by year as often as she went up to the house of the Lord. She used to provoke her 
Therefore, Hannah wept and would not eat Penina. So Penina, Elkanah's second wife, is called Hannah Rifle. So let me come to Hannah and imagine how was Hannah suffering. At that time, people believed that we are barren, the woman, uh, uh, we are as women, we are barren, we are cursed by God. And every year when they went to the temple or the house of the Lord, Penina, who had children, would irritate her, mock her, and use the uh, hurtful word to, uh, to humiliate uh, Hannah. So probably uh, Penina would say, look, Hannah, why do you come to the house of the Lord? Do you have anything to offer to the Lord? Do you have anything to thanks for in your life? Even God close your womb. So the Lord had closed Hannah's womb, and it is the reason for Penina to mock Hannah. And Elkanah, her, hus uh, her husband, tried to comfort her. Why, Hannah? Why do you weep? Why you don't eat? Why you look so sad? Am I not more than ten sons to you? So, when knowing when Hannah knew that the Lord had closed her womb, it gives Hannah a reason to pray before the Lord. So the Lord is listen to the humble person's prayer. When we look at Elkanah's family, Elkanah's family was not a happy family because their two wives did try to uh, humiliate uh, the, the second wife, tried to humiliate the first wife. That's why God created a monogamous marriage, not polygamy. But for Hannah, it was a reason to pray. Hannah had been passive before. But this time, the Bible says, she left the meal and she went to the house of the Lord and prayed. So from verse 10, 11, 15, and 16, we learn how Hannah prayed. Hannah poured out all of her emotion to God in humility. The Bible says, Hannah was in deep anguish, in deep pain, in deep suffering. He poured out his heart, her heart to God. She wept bitterly. And the Bible says, Hannah says to God, I am in deep misery or deep sadness. And Hannah also said to God, I my soul is in deep trouble. And at last, she said, I was in deep anguish and in, I was grieving. 
So this is the type of prayer before God. We bring our uh, burden to God with humility before God. So when we are in trouble, it is a good reason for us to approach God and pray to him. Verse 11, as he made a vow saying, Lord Almighty, if you will only look on your servant's misery and remember me and not forget, forget your servant, but give her a son, then I will give him to the Lord for all of the day of his life. And no razor will ever be used on his head. Verse 15, the last part. Hannah said, I have, see, I have been pouring out my soul to the Lord. So Hannah in her prayer used the language of God in dealing with Israel. When they were in Egypt, God said in Exodus chapter 3 verse 7, I have surely seen the, the affliction of my people. Affliction or misery or deep pain or deep suffering, the same word. Hannah used this language to approach God, to approach God and pray her prayer. So, God, so when Hannah made a vow to God, she was not bargaining to God. Many of us, we used to uh, bargain with God. God, if you answer my prayer, I will do this for you. God, if you do this for me, I will serve you. So and so. But in Hannah's case, Hannah acknowledged God's majesty and she placed herself as, as the servant of God. Hannah believed when God give us anything, I have to give back to God because she loves God. So we learn from Hannah's attitude. Hannah's suffering was misunderstood by the priest, Eli. Verse 12 to verse 17, Eli misunderstood Hannah as a drunken woman. It may be based on his experience in the temple. There were a lot of misconduct in the, in the house of God. So if Israel had a leader who would not tell the difference between godly woman's uh, prayer and drunken rambling, no wonder Israel had a leadership crisis. Later we will see we will know that Eli's son, Hophni and Phinehas, were corrupt and worthless before God. At last, Eli answered Hannah, Go in peace, and the God of Israel grant your petition that you have made to him. And in verse 18, Hannah said, Let your servant find favor in your eyes. Hannah did not know how God will answer her prayer. But after she poured out her heart with humility to God, her, all her emotion 
to God. He left with peace. He ate, she ate, and she was no longer sad. She trusted God knows all things and cares all of his people. That is faith. Hannah's faith was expressed in her prayer. Her confidence was based on her knowledge of who God is and what God had done. Faith in God means knowing and trusting God's sovereignty and his goodness towards us. That is faith. So when we pray to God, we need to have a deep sense of our need and a deep sense of God's care. This is prayer. So First Peter chapter 5, verse 6 and 7, it says, Humble yourself, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you. Casting all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Now, when we continue to verse 19 to 20, Hannah becomes pregnant and gives birth to a boy. She calls him Samuel. Hannah means favored. When God answers Hannah's prayer for a son, now the favored one is favored by God. Samuel means his name is God. But in Hebrew word, Samuel means as for or Saal. That is identical to the name of the king, the first king of Israel, Saul. Samuel is a child that she asked for from God. Only in verse 20, the word as in Hebrew word, not in English word, has been repeated for times as for. So after Hannah wins Samuel, she fulfilled her vow and gave Samuel to the service of the tabernacle. And first 28, 27, we, uh, the Bible say, Hannah lent, lent the, uh, Samuel to the service of the Lord. To lend, that means to dedicate or to give back to the Lord. So Hannah did it because of her gratitude. Of, uh, of her gratitude to God because God answered her prayer. So Anna, Hannah asked and the Lord gave. The Lord closed Hannah's womb and the Lord opened Hannah's womb. God cares and God answered prayer and he looked at his servant's misery and suffering. After Samuel, God gave Hannah another six children because Hannah was willing to offer his own, her only son to God and God blessed her with another six children. You can read in 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 5. And James chapter 4, verse 2, James says, You do not have because you don't ask God. And uh, in some, uh, uh, David says, 
the one who weep, who saw with deep weeping, will reap with a great of joy. This is happened to Hannah. So the third character, the God who cares. The theme of the day was everyone did what was right in his own eyes. Israel had no king because they refused to acknowledge God as king. Or as their king. God was to be Israel's king. The real problem was not the lack of king, but the lack of obedience to God as king. This is the Israel's problem. As Israel was not following God, they faced trouble after trouble. They were oppressed by their enemy, uh, the Philistine. So Eli was a priest at Shiloh. Eli has two sons, Hophni and Phinehas. And they used Hophni and Phinehas, they used their position in the priesthood, priesthood to do immoral things. Eli knew it, but he did nothing to stop it. When the nation in chaos, God found Elkanah and his barren wife, not his fruitful wife, but his barren wife, Hannah. And because they worship God, they honor God, and they're faithful to God. First Samuel chapter 1 is mainly about God who cares. This chapter begins by showing us that God cares for Hannah. Hannah's story was told because it is part of the bigger story of God, the story of God's provision. We will see on, as the story continues that God cares for Hannah was his care for Israel. What he did for Hannah will turn out to be what he did for Israel and the whole world. First Samuel chapter 2, verse 10. Samuel served as judge, priest, and prophet, not a king. His ministry from a transition from uh, an era of judges to an era of kings. Samuel was going to reestablish God's rule over Israel, replacing the corrupt regime of Hophni and Phinehas. He would deliver Israel from their uh, enemy, the Philistine, and he would judge Israel with justice. Samuel would bring back God's name, God's authority in Israel. That's why Samuel is so important. And Samuel would turn out to be part God's answer to Israel's leadership crisis. Who would expect that miserable Hannah is part of God's answer to the leadership crisis in Israel? Elkanah and Hannah were nobody, but God, we worship who cares. Now, First Samuel chapter 2, verse 1 to 10, Hannah's prayer of praising God for his provision of a son. I, I divide into three parts uh, this, this song. I'm not going to uh, read the verses. First one and two. 
Hannah speak first of her joy and delight in God. She acknowledge there is no one like our God. Number two, she said, God is a transforming God. Hannah had different view of everything in the world because of her faith in God. And she said, God's power turns the world upside down. So at the end of verse 8, Seven, uh, First Samuel chapter two, verse eight. The word does not run. Uh, uh, Hannah said, "The word does not run on principle that is independent of God from God. All things belong to God and is dependent on Him in every way. All things in this world is dependent on God and dependent on Him in every way." This is Hannah's song. Number three, Hannah said, our God is the victorious God. Verse nine and ten, only in these ten verses, the name, the Lord is mentioned nine times in this song. For Hannah, God is the actor of his song, of her song. God is sovereign. At the end of her song, Hannah said that the God who is the creator of all things, who knew all things and will judge the end of the earth. Hannah's prayer sees beyond the people of Israel to the whole world. She prophesied about the king in Israel. Later in the New Testament, Mary has sing a song when the uh, the angel came to Mary and uh, and give the message to Mary that she would have a son before she has physical relation with her husband. She was a virgin, but God gave her a son. And Mary repeat the song of Hannah in the New Testament. You can read Mary's song in Luke. So the lesson for us from First Samuel chapter 1 and 2 is that God answers the crisis in Israel. I think everyone is, uh, is agree with me. And in the same way, God will answer to the crisis of this world. It comes from the most unexpected way in the way that will surprise us. It begins with a childless woman, not with a fruitful wife. There are three great leaders in Israel, Samuel, Saul, and David. So in 1 Samuel, we will see that God's answer for Israel turned out to be God's answer for the world. And, uh, and for each, us, each of us individually. God answer our problem or our misery individually. So if we insist on looking to the powerful, to the impressive, to the influential in this world, we will miss God's answer. We will miss that God cares for us. After two years of pandemic, 
recently when we turn on the TV or we read the news, it talks about energy crisis, economy recession, rise in a uh, uh, rise in interest rate, crash on stock market, increase of fuel price, increase of grocery price, and bad news after bad news. And when we look around the world now, people argue about abortion, gender, euthanasia, lately vaccine or not vaccine. The principle is, it is my body. I make my own choice for my body. And many people have experienced loss during the pandemic. People would ask, where is God? If there is a God, how would he allow this to happen to us? Or allow, he would allow uh, this is happen in this world. If your life is not what you hope, if you suffer the loss of your dream, career ambition, or financial in, uh, security, or you lost your loved ones, Hannah's story gives us a precious example and encouragement. We don't know God's secret, but if you have faith in God, he will offer you the same peace that Hannah received from God. He looked at your misery because he cares. This is our God. Isaiah chapter 5 verse 8, God declared, My thoughts are not your thoughts, and my way, neither my ways are your ways. We often make out make God out into our own image or our own imagination and we miss God's answer in our life. God care for us, find it fullest in the birth and the death of Jesus Christ on the cross. When we look at our world now, we look around every nation and every culture, there is some kind of crisis in this world. God is not acknowledged and his way are not followed. And First Samuel will enable us to see what it means. It means for us to follow God as king in an age that people worship their personal freedom. What happened in Israel that happened right now in this world. And God always find a faithful man and faithful women to answer the crisis of this world. God bless you.